Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Plastic Man number one. Cover date November-December 1966. Cover price 12 cents. Cover artist Gil Kane, edited by Murray Boltonoff, featuring The Dirty Devices of Dr. Dome, written by Arnold Drake, art by Gil Kane. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go. Dr. Dome, bitter enemy of Plastic Man, contacts Professor X. No, not that Professor X. The professor claims to have invented several new weapons to use against Plaz. Confused? Don't worry. I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. Plastic Man! Plastic Man! Plastic Man! He's a real good guy.
hair No one else like him, yeah, anywhere And he's one guy the villains just can't catch You can count on him to win in the stretch Plastic Man, Plastic Man The one, the original Elastic Man Always in great shape for the shape he's in The Fantastic How long have we been doing this show? Four years. Has it been that long? I think it has. Okay. I've However long it's been, that's how long I've been waiting to play that Plastic Man song. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> Knowing that this Are issue was coming. No. Wow. Okay. We've been seeing ads for this issue in several recent weeks without mentioning it, but the day is here. It's more exciting than when Scooter arrived. Is it the song, The Plastic Man? Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll add it in post. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. Uh, how are you today? Well, funny thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm fine. Okay. I just woke up from a 90-minute nap. Same. Yes. So I feel great. Uh, we had a good day. Didn't we? Well, I went to church yes. this morning, and then I picked you up, and we went to the OG for lunch. That's uh, a nationally known Italian food chain. Yes. Popular among post-church goers. Which you and I haven't gone to since... We developed taste. Yes, so uh-huh. it's probably been 30 years yeah. since we've gone. But we happened to get a gift card yes. to go there from a good friend, and we indulged. And it was fun. We had a good time, didn't we? Well, we did have a good time there. Yes. I'm somewhat regretting the decision now because it's not sitting well. Oh, no, no. Yeah. And and you were you and I were, 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 were kind of competitively eating. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, and there well, was no prize except just no. to get out of the Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say their name in case they want to sponsor us today, oh, but okay, I'll okay. cut it out later. No, but our waitress was wonderful, wasn't Lovely. she? Lovely. Yes, yes. And the general manager came to greet us. Yes, She's, she runs a really good yes, business. Yes, she does. There. Yes. Honestly, folks, we were just like, we were thinking can, we were going to have to make two meals today at home. And we were just like, what could we knock out? And we said, hey, we have this gift card, so let's go. So we went there. And, and then we went to um, a retail store. Yes. Afterward. And uh, then came home and took naps. Yes. Now, I should I worry? Because Friday night I slept for 10 hours and then also took a 90-minute nap later in the day. Mm-hmm. Yesterday... I mean, I got a solid eight, mm-hmm. and uh, but also took a nap later in the day. Yeah. And then now there's today. Well, I like to follow the 30-90 rule. What's that? I only take naps for 30 or 90 minutes, but not one hour. Why? And yesterday, Why? I because your how your body goes into sleep cycles. Huh. If you take a 60-minute nap, the t- chances are that you will wake up in the middle of a very, very deep sleep cycle, which is what happened to me yesterday. I took, I, I wasn't remembering my 30-90 rule, mm-hmm. and I set my timer for 60 minutes, and I fell right asleep. So I woke up, and you remember what I said to you when I woke up from my nap yesterday? Uh, no, because I probably was still waking up from my own nap. I said I didn't know who I was, or what day it was, or even the time of day. I didn't even, I mean, it was, I came out of a deep sleep just... Not even sure what day it was. You mean I could have told you you were anyone? Well, actually, you weren't there. You were you had already taken the dogs out, of, and you very kindly closed the door so they wouldn't bother me. So yeah, that was very kind of you. Dogs. But okay, so here's the thing. Yes. Okay. So naps are uh, one third of adults actually nap. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, and they can be two things. They can be helpful. Uh, it, like it is natural for adults to get eight hours of sleep a night and for the body eight hours after you wake up to want to take another nap. And usually the, your body just wants to take a 30 to 90 minute nap, just, just one, one or two sleep cycles and you're good, right? The other thing is that it can indicate underlying health conditions. Now, yesterday, um, I don't usually take naps on Saturdays, but yesterday I had been to a three hour football game in the blazing heat and mm -hmm. I was de-diddly done when I came home. And you, mister, went for a long bike ride in that blazing heat yesterday. Not so long, 25 minutes. Still, you went out in the late afternoon when it yes. was as hottest as it was. It was in the 90s when you went out. So Also, I'm fat. I'm just gonna say that you exerted yourself. I didn't even exercise yesterday. I was just like, when I came home and I put in, I had put on so much sunscreen and stuff, I was just like chugging back the ice water, even though I had cold drinks with me when I was there. Sure. And all I wanted to do was take a nap after I took a shower. So anyway, I, I, I think that, don't worry about it. You know, um, I, if you need a nap every single day just to get through your day, yeah, probably you need to, definitely. But you already uh, saw your doctor and you're already dealing with some, some you know, you know you're doing your, your exercise and I'm doing my exercises and we're both on a goal to lose some weight. So I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to worry about that Italian meal, though. Might yeah, it's kind of swimming upstream, isn't it? Might yeah. see it later. Yeah. You know what else we're going to see later? What? Plastic Man. I love Plastic Man. Tell me more. Well, it, I used to love the cartoon in the 80s. Yeah. And there was a Baby Plaz. Baby or, Plaz, I yes. I thought that was the stupidest thing in the world. But I really did enjoy the cartoon. And when I saw that Gil Kane was the artist on this, I said, oh, my... I cannot believe I'm going to say this. I said, oh my gosh, we're in for a wacky adventure. I can't wait to read this comic. I swear to God, I did in my head. Gil Kane gave you that impression? He's yeah. He's not usually known for his wackiness. Oh, I thought so. Gil Kane does Green Lantern. Well, okay, never mind. Now, the writer, Arnold Drake, also writer of the Doom Patrol and sometimes the Sea Devils, that's what gave me the clue that it was going to be maybe a hot mess. But okay. this one's not so bad. Yeah. So. Oh, oh by the way, we forgot to mention one thing. Um, uh, we did go to a certain retail store, and we looked through the toys together. Yes. And you pointed out a Kyle Rayner Green Lantern action figure that I yes. might like. And I said, no! Which surprised yeah, I like you. It. it was the McFarland toys Kyle Rayner with the build a piece of Atrocitus. Oh, it was awful. And, I, and he had these tiny little slits for eyes. Don't That's me, what he looks like. He's got I, that crab face mask with little slits for eyes. Still, he looked like he looked evil. and He's not evil. So, no. No. So I said, nope, I'll pass. Yeah. Huh. However, I did like that um, other one that Michael, um, Michael Burn, Michael, Michael Burnham from Star Burnham Trek from Discovery. Star Trek yeah. Discovery. There was an action figure for her and I, I almost got her. I almost got it. But no. We like Discovery. Of course we do. An epic event, Rob. Mm -hmm. The triumphant return of the one and only original Plastic Man. Number one. December 1966. Now, Plastic Man, as you probably know, was created by Jack Cole. First appeared in Police Comics number one, 1941, under the Quality Comics banner. Okay. Quality Comics. This is pre-DC, of course. Right? Well, no, there was DC. They just didn't own Plastic Man. Oh, they didn't own Plastic Man. Okay. Uh, he then appeared in 52 issues of his own eponymous magazine through 1955. Okay. Whereupon quality 
Comics went bankrupt and closed up shop. Oh, okay. DC Comics acquired most of their characters, like the Blackhawks, mm-hmm. some of whom just continued straight on publication. Okay. But Plastic Man was lost to the dustbin of history. Really? Now, legend has it that Julius Schwartz, famous DC editor, mm-hmm. wanted to have a stretchable hero appear in the pages of The Flash. Okay. And he apparently didn't know that DC owned the rights to Plastic Man, and so they created our favorite... The Elongated Man. Yes. Yes. Now, I can't find any evidence on the internet to support this rumor okay. that that was actually true. Uh, it's more likely that Schwartz just wanted a one, one-off stretchy person to be in The Flash that right. would never appear again, but The Elongated Man proved to be so popular that he went into his own series. How interesting, because Elongated Man yes. um, is... And I just realized that I'm saying that sort of strangely. Elongated Man um, is a wacky sort of the sleuther uh, detective type uh-huh. comic comic character. Yes, with you know Sue Dibney, his lovable sidekick. Um, well, wife, yes, yes. Anyway, um, and that wacky sort of approach is is also seen in Plastic Man, and it could have been a different type of character, a noir character or something, something completely different, but that sort of wackiness that both, both characters live in a world of whimsy. Yes. Now I'll argue that Elongated Man is much more of a detective than Plastic Man is. And also Elongated Man just stretches. Plastic Man can shape his body into different forms and disguise himself. Well, Elongated Man calls himself a detective. We know he's a detective because he calls himself a detective. The ductile detective. The ductile detective. Yes. Um, Plastic Man, what does he call himself? Plastic Man. Mm. Okay. Uh, Plastic Man, of course, was small bit hood Eel O'Brien, who was, uh, when a robbery went awry, he was dunked in a vat of chemicals, shot by his fellow criminals and left for dead. But he was rescued by some kindly monks up the monastery that he wandered into, and they nursed him back to health, whereupon he discovered he could stretch his body and mold it into different shapes, and he decided to turn to the good side of the law. A good story of redemption. Now, that's not all I have to tell you. Okay. You'll remember that in uh, Dial H for Hero a few months back, Robbie Reed turned into Plastic Man and recognized him as a Golden Age hero. Mm Mm-hmm. In issue seven of this version of Plastic Man, we will discover that this character we're reading about today is actually the son of the original Plastic Man, that the original Plastic Man is still around. You mean he passed on his plastic abilities through his DNA? Yes. And by DNA, I mean his male seed? Yes. Okay. Now, that story has been relegated to a different Earth in hindsight. Oh, fuck! My careful internet research uh, led me to discover that we are now on Earth-12, where also, guess who else lives there? Elongated Man. No! Elongated Man's clearly on Earth-1. Earth-12, Inferior 5, Jerry Lewis, Bob Hope. You know, that crowd. Do you want me to stay awake or go take another nap? I'm about to take another nap. I'll leave you to it. (laughs) God, Earth 12. Oh, listener, listener, do you understand the world that I live in? This is the kind of shit that we talk about at home, you know? Of course, it's better than talking about work, I suppose, but 
Oh my goodness, Earth 12. Brandt, well you wouldn't want uh, Jerry Lewis running around on Earth 1 with the Justice League, although there is well, a Justice League. Well, not with Renfro and Witchy Poo or whatever no. her name is, Witch Hazel. Though there is a Justice League on Earth 12. Is there? Yes. Okay. But, interestingly... <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything, but <gasps> next week is coming up an issue of Jerry Lewis where he meets Batman and Robin on Earth-12, in which there is a Batman and Robin television show portraying Bruce Wayne as Batman, and so everyone on Earth-12 knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne, because they just watch it on TV. I am astounded. Did they do the Bat-Tuzzi? Uh, no. That was last week. In, oh. What was that last week? The, the uh, uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, yeah. Now, that's funny, because you read ahead. We were going to prepare two comics for today, but this we comic were, but was... I but both were so action-packed and wacky, we yes, said, we can't I couldn't possibly take it. do it. No. But, and it, plus, it's Labor Day weekend, so I thought we should probably do Jerry Lewis on Labor Day weekend, but... Our oh. audience is probably far too young to remember the Jerry Lewis Labor Day Telethon. I used to love to watch that. Oh, my God. We would pop popcorn and get soda pop, and we would stay up as late as possible, which with when your body's loaded with popcorn and soda mm -hmm. pop is about 10 o'clock. I mean, I didn't love it, but there was nothing else on, literally nothing else to watch. No, I, I loved it. Let's be frank here. I loved the Jerry Lewis Telethon. I lived. I was one of the things that the only thing I understood about Labor Day was the Jerry Lewis telethon. Of course, I grew up in Florida, and it, you know the asshole of Satan, yes. which is the hottest part of the entire year. Yeah, yeah. So, so you had to just stay inside, and stay inside, or watch, go outside and die and perish. Watch Lola Falana or Charo. Merlin Olson, Charo. Yes, yes, of course. The oh my God, just all these wonderful stars. Tony Bennett. Sure. Oh yeah. Everybody. Everybody. Barbara Eden. Plastic Man number one, brand new exploits of the famous human rubber band, the slyest, slipperiest, slinkiest superhero of them all. How do we make comic book history? We take equal parts of chills and chuckles, mix well with romance and a sprinkle of 100% nuttiness, and you've got him, the wildest, weirdest, waggiest superhero of them all, Plastic Man in... The, the dirty, dirty devices, devices of, of Dr. Dome. Dome. That sounds, Ashley, that might make me lose my lunch. <laughs> Those words, dirty devices. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Dome. Yeah, this comic is full of lots of wacky characters. Whimsy. Engaged in questionable activities. Yes. Yeah. Um, I got nervous on this splash page because I thought this was going to be a scooter situation where we had to learn the names of a bunch of identical looking character well to be fair this is issue number one it is issue number one but you know scooter's got all those friends the fat one and the skinny one and the groovy one and mm -hmm. i thought that's what this was going to be this is far more akin to metamorpho with rich lady mm -hmm. mother of the girl that plastic man loves right police officer that's against plastic man arch enemy dr dome and gordy sidekick sidekick plastic man did have a sidekick in the golden age woozy winks Okay. So he's nowhere to be found here. Okay. Um, it's an interesting artistic choice they made to give him long pants. Oh? Because as you remember on the cartoon show, as in the Golden Age, he just had the red trunks and then bare legs. I didn't remember that. Well, it's true. Okay. Um, somehow it, just, it throws off the whole aesthetic, if you ask me. He's got this jerkin unbuttoned to the navel with, what do you call that? Cross-hatching the pirate loops? Yeah, but they, they don't even look piratey. They look like shoelaces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his white goggles, of course. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I do miss the short pants, though. Do you? I'm just being honest. Okay. Uh, we have Michelin, who is his girlfriend. Moms, who is Michelin's mother. And Michelin goes, are you sure that's not Michaeline? I'm not. Okay. But she goes by Mike. Mike. Mm-hmm. Captain McSniff. He's a police detective. That's what I like to call Captain Rhett Butler, our dog. Captain McSniff. Gordy, who is Plastic Man's friend. He owns a pet store. And Dr. Dome, who's got a... Walk, a colander on a his colander head. A colander on his head. I'm not sh- I wasn't sure if this is supposed to be an Asian stereotype, because he kind of has that curly mustache, like egg foo head last week. I don't understand how he can see through that um, walk. No. Maybe it's magic. Maybe it's got a LCD screen on the and inside. And wait to get a load of his silhouette, Doctor Dome's silhouette of his his costume is incredibly ridiculous. By ridiculous, do you mean phallic? No, no, not at all. I don't. I don't. No, I didn't mean that at all. I just mean it looks like he was cobbled together by something out of my mom's closet in her kitchen. <laughs> Maybe he was. He does kind of have. Oh no, those are his epaulets. I thought that was his hair that looked like spaghetti, but it's. <laughs> Epaulets and flared sleeves and a little flared waist. And he just looks like some, well, some really uneducated drag queen. <laughs> well, drag was unsophisticated in those days. Oh, sure. It was sure. Milton Berle, and that was about it. Oh, <laughs> Uncle Milty. <laughs> we open the issue with Plastic Man racing through the city with his stretchy legs. Everyone knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the women are gaga for him. The greatest hero and general hunk of a man of them all, Plastic Man. He's late. He's late. Mm-hmm. Just then, classic city move. Mm-hmm. They're moving a grand piano up to the top apartment, and it's on a pulley and rope system, and it snaps. Mm-hmm. Well, lucky thing, Plastic Man's there. He just stretches right up and has the piano slide down his arms into his stretchy torso and S- saves the day. So I guess he's... Stronger than your average man. Well, I don't know. He certainly is stretchier. I mean, if you stretch your body mass far enough, you could absorb enough weight, I would think. Um, Okay, let's assume that you and I could stretch our arms out and catch a and create a slide for a piano to come down. Mm -hmm. You and I have moved a fair amount of pianos in our lives. Yeah. Could you hold a grand piano? I think it's the same idea as when you get the moving straps, because it's not because your arms are pliable. You're not gonna break a bone by lifting the piano. You can just rest the piano on your bouncy arms and slide it down. He catches the piano in his chest. He creates a slide and catches it in his chest, uh-huh. and then he sits the piano down. Yeah. I'm just questioning. I think he might have some sort of superhuman strength. Could be. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I don't think he has any bones. If he does, they stretch. Yeah. Well, he does come into a resting state that is a human form. Yes. So he's got to have some sort of structure underneath that skin. Now, the kids all want his autograph. There's somebody here in the foreground. that I'm assuming that's supposed to be a caricature of someone, but I don't know who. It looks like Stan Laurel or... Dick Clark. An old Dick Clark. A very old Dick Clark. Mm-hmm. Who, who was not old at this time. No. No. Uh, but... Plastics Man is late meeting Gordy down Mm -hmm. at the pet shop, Mm -hmm. so he bounces off. Just then, at Furs, Fins, and Feathers, Gordy 
is sweeping up. Plastic Man is late again. Gordon K. Trueblood is his full name. And uh, Gordy remembers that Plastic Man often likes to trick him and assume the shape of something else and pop out to surprise him. So he thinks that maybe the King Cobra that he has in in a cage looks different somehow, which I can't believe he has a King Cobra in a pet shop. Um, and he walks up to the King Cobra and says, you're not really a snake, you're a plastic man, aren't you? And the snake strikes against the glass. Yeah. And obviously that's not it. So then he walks over to a parrot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A uh, cockatoo, cockatoo. A cockatoo. He thinks that the parrot's feather, cockatoo's feathers are a different color than they were before, so he grabs the cockatoo by the neck. Which is what one should do when one owns a pet store. Absolutely. Yeah, just like grab your... Get your pets and, and hurt them. Well, that merchandise isn't going to move itself. <laughs> uh, he shakes the cockatoo. It's not Plastic Man, but guess what is? The bird cage. <laughs> uh, Plastic Man's mouth has been the cage where the bird was sitting. Yes. I wonder how that went. Uh, I don't think it would have gone great. No. Because he's either got shit in the bottom of his mouth, or bird seed, or both. <laughs> Let's just assume it's all of the above. So, um, Gordy is mad. Mm-hmm. That's just the kind of kid stuff you've got to stop indulging in. After all, you're a major bulwark against organized crime. True. A pillar of decency. Yep. Bastion of morality. Yep. Fortress of decency. You already said decency, Gordy. Ooh, he did, didn't he? Yep. And he says, that's why you have to conduct yourself with dignity and plaz, look at you, you're doing it again. Uh He's created a hammock where the monkey's sitting eating bananas. Well, I have a problem with this pet shop. Why? Because it sells poisonous king cobra snakes Uh and monkeys. Sure. The only one thing could be better. What? If he had a whole family of performing monkeys that wore human clothes, (laughs) like on I Love Lucy, when she babysat the performing monkey family. Thank God we get a cutaway. That was the best. Mm-hmm. The cutaway is to Dr. Dome, who wears uh, a collander on his head, mm-hmm. uh, a flowy top, blouse, would we call that? It's yes. a belted shirt. It's a belted shirt with, with long bell sleeves. With, with bell sleeves, right. Um, uh, and then jodhpurs and riding boots. Yes, and what's that? What would you call that cinturon that, 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 um, around his waist? It's a. It's a the high-waisted belt of some kind. Yeah, I would I would say it was some sort of back support. Maybe he has a weak back. <laughs> I look at his figure, yes. He almost certainly has a weak back. And with that pot in his head, that's got to add some pressure on his neck. <laughs> you would think. His uh, underground laboratory is secretly concealed beneath the Packers Pickled Peppers plant. And he's about to press the button that will send his most brilliant servant into action and bring Plastic Man to his knees. Father, you're talking to yourself again. Yes, Dr. Dome, despite all appearances, has apparently married in the past and fathered a daughter. See, he's trying to do that Chinese thing or that Asian thing. Look at yeah. his hands tucked into them with his sleeves. Yes. Concealing his hands. Um, and so his daughter has a whip. Mm-hmm. And a cat suit. Mm-hmm. She's named Lynx, so that tracks. But he is bound to destroy Plastic Man. She says, I could have done that for you long ago, if only you'd have let me. Mm-hmm. And it would have been fun. 
then he gets into a stomping fit. She does say that that um, he's been to see a psychiatrist, and I I can tell that he need, probably needs more help of a psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah. Unless he's just sort of living, um, uh, living. What is the word I'm looking for? Just just in the moment, just absolutely going with whatever comes to him. You know, in which case, kudos for him for being present. Yes. Also, he's a smoker. That was shocking to see in a comic magazine aimed at children. Yes. Well, she did whip, whip the match right out of his yeah, hand. Yeah, we don't yeah. see him smoking. We just see her whipping oh, she a cigarette, a cigarette out of his, out of his hand. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, Dr. Dome is about to signal the second greatest criminally inspired scientist in the world, second only to himself. Yes. Now, he has a switchboard. A switchboard we can call Kid Catastrophe. Lady, Lady Death. Lady Death, Baron Blood, Mr. Mr. Morbid, Morbid or, or who do we call? The second greatest criminally inspired scientist in the world. Professor? X. Hmm. Not that Professor X. No, a different Professor X. I actually checked because I know that there was a time period in the 60s when Professor X of the X-Men was believed to be dead. Oh. But I uh, cross-checked the date, mm-hmm. and that's not, he's not dead. He's fully alive and well and leading the X-Men. So I don't know how DC thought they were going to get away with this. Well, the wackiness it continues. I'll say. Uh, because the, the Professor X's um, televisor phone is ringing. Yes. And he can't find it. He's scattering papers all over his desk because, as you know, all professors are like this. Mm-hmm. All great professors yes. have truly messy desks. Mm-hmm. Um, all brilliant minds are surrounded by desks that show the disorder that comes from the labor of their minds. Fine, my I'll office, clean my desk. My office is spotless. Uh-huh. <laughs> he does find his uh, lexophone. It's in the garbage. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets a harsh tongue scolding. He gets from an harsh tongue scolding. Uh, He was assigned, apparently, to perfect three fantastic weapons, Mm -hmm. which uh, Professor X has done. They have checked out 100%. They cannot fail. And Dr. Dome finally reveals the name of his target. It's Plasticman. And then uh, Professor X does what can only be described as a... a, Backpedaling. Backpedaling and almost like a clutching his pearls moment. Yes. Plasticman? No, I can't. The weapons aren't ready. Two of them sometimes blow up in your hands. And the third often fires backwards. Blow up? Fire backwards? But you said they checked out 100%. Well, you've got to leave some room for scientific error. You're afraid of Plastic Man, eh? But there's one man you fear even more. Me. And must I remind you that this is set for my own super materializer television? Super materializer television. Yes. Uh, this is an improvement from the lexophone because uh, Dr. Dome can fire a energy beam from his location and it comes through Professor X's television screen. Yes. And shoots him in the face. Yes. I mean, it'd be kind of cool if you could, you know, I-, I thought it was shooting soda water through it, but it looks like it's energy. It looks like a freeze ray. Yeah. It looks like he's freezing his face off, which would turn black from... from um, from frostbite. Yeah, and, and fall and off. rot off. Yes. yes. Yeah. Back at the pet shop, Plastic Man has turned himself into a chair to entice his friend Gordy to sit on his lap. That's a joke, son. Yeah, I know, right? But it's, I mean, it's actually... It's actually like... What's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, 
Gordy is concerned that Plastic Man is not alert to the possibility of crime. I know what else bothers me about this version. What? The Golden Age Plastic Man had a very narrow chin. And this fellow has a big, wide chin wider than his forehead. Wider than his forehead, yeah. yeah. Now, there's a clamor from outside. Plastic Man and Gordy go to investigate. And what do you think it is? Professor X and a giant tank of some kind. Yeah, the dirty devices of Dr. Dome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is not actually the devices of Dr. Dome because it's pr- Professor, it's Professor X. X's device. So they should have had the powerful protrusions of Professor X because this tank has all sorts of cannons and protrusions. Right. And this one's about to protrude some goo. <laughs> and glue them to the... In yes. Place. Yes. Professor X fires... One of his cannons, and it shoots uh, creamy goo at Plastic Man. <laughs> As a matter of fact, um, Gordy screams, great gobs of goo. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I've heard that. Uh, it's some kind of stickum liquid, which sticks Plastic Man and Gordy to the ground. They cannot move their feet, just like the people at Burning Man. Did you hear about that? No. Burning Man's got flooded out. That's all mud, and they can't. Nobody can get in or out. They're running out of food and water and porta potties. Oh, you're. Oh well, that doesn't surprise me. Don't uh, worry. The ingenious nouveau riche of Burning Man have devised a way to have fun anyway. Oh, uh, why can't they just take do a great big fire and burn their way out? Or why can't they use all the materials that they used to create a ramp to uh, to create uh, uh, not a ramp a uh, a uh, uh, a driveway. Of some sort to get themselves out of the out of the um, mud. I don't know. Last I saw, they were having a runway fashion show in the mud. Oh, like I care one clue about people who go out in the middle of the desert and shit and porta potties and sponge themselves daily in a shower. Oh, you can't even wash right in that environment. No. Oh. Plus, now it'll be all muddy. They'll have mm. mud everywhere. Everywhere. Mm. Now they're stuck to the ground. Professor X is going to finish them both off by grinding them with the treads of his super tank. Plastics Man's too smart for that. Of he course. He forms his arm into a, both arms into a pick and shovel. He digs around the pavement where he's stuck so that he has now a little platform that he can bounce on. Yeah, he, he does. Leaps. And I'm surprised that his... Well, I guess he's made it a plastic because um, because the shovel and the and the pick are strong enough, and they're, they're his body parts, strong yeah. enough to break through cron- concrete. So I guess you are right. He must have some kind of super strength. He must, especially because he, in the next page, what he does with his body, he bounces up with that concrete. He wraps himself in the treads of the tank. And he doesn't grind himself to death. No. All he's doing is crunching up that concrete on his feet to free himself. And somehow getting into the gears in a way that that, uh, inhibits the movement of the tank. Yeah. And uh, so the treads are burning up. Do you think he can expand his mass? Oh, yeah. Like um, separate the distance between the molecules of the plastic and therefore create more mass? Like, you know how things get cold and they get dense and the molecules Mm -hmm. come closer together and they get hot so they come apart? Do you think he can do that mentally with his... I mean, do you think he can do that intentionally? Sure. Why not? I mean, we see later he's going to turn into a Davenport. But he wouldn't be able to increase his weight. He could increase the density of his mass, but not his weight. 
that I, I don't know about that. And that would explain why he can pick up a, a piano, because if he can increase his, the, the density, he can increase the density of his muscles in targeted ways that would allow him to, to exert more force and hold things. I don't, I literally don't know. Okay, sorry. I'll just pretend like I don't know anything. Let's go back to the switchboard, shall we? Oh, no, I'm not pretending. I don't know. Oh, okay. I think it's a valid line of inquiry. Okay. I just don't recall anyone ever addressing that. All right. Professor X has muffed it. Back to plan B3. The tank takes off into the air like a jet plane. Gordy is still stuck to the ground. Uh, I guess we're just not going to address that because, oh, yes, we are later. We will in a minute. Here comes Mike. She's driving her sleek convertible down the road. She waves to Plastic Man. She says, hey, Sugar Lump, hop in. And uh, we are introduced to Michelin or Michaeline Dilute the third. In her family, the females inherit the name and the money. Indeed. So, uh... She invites Plastic Man to hop in the car. Off he goes. Leaving. Leaving Gordy. Gordy. They're stuck to the pavement. Yeah. I mean, I guess Gordy gets himself free later on. Yes. They drive out into the country. She apparently has a long infatuation with Plastic Man because she's giggling at every single thing he does and says. She's taking him to her home. Uh Uh-huh. To... Uh, I don't know for what purpose, but her mother's there with the butler, Faunish. Faunish, what a they terrible name. are expecting Countess Snidely for a daylight tea reception of some mm-hmm. kind. Now, Mom does not like plastic men. But they've got ice sculptures in the ice skating rink, warm appetizers waiting in the hot house, and they found a 42-piece orchestra which they have housed in the drained swimming pool, all for the benefit of Countess Snidely's presence. Mm -mm. Now, Mike pulls up. She needs a change of clothes. She's going to run inside and change and invites Plastic Man to slip inside and have a snack. But don't let Mother see you because she's got some friends coming over. Okay. He does, in fact, disguise himself, as I said, as a Davenport. That's a fancy word for couch that my grandmother, Mrs. White, always used in place of couch. And who do you think's going to sit on Plastic Man's lap? What? Countess Snidely. I'm sorry. I was a little bit... Um, um, I had gone down a little rabbit hole on the side there. Yeah? I was looking up the word gauche. Um, which I know to be the the, the uh, French term for left, and I was just wondering if there was uh, if gauche was um, if there was another meaning for the word gauche, like gaucher, which would have been you know like a, a the verb, but no, um, it, it's it's goes back to old English, um, but the, the the term gauche um, refers to left, meaning uh, and what, as you know culturally left means. I mean, old culture left yes. means different. Sure. So, anyway, so I just thought it was kind of interesting, but um, then it left me into led me down something that actually wasn't interesting at all. 
<laughs> Thanks for sharing. So he's once again made himself. I think he has a fetish with people sitting on him. Yes. Yeah. Don't you? Well, I don't know if it was a fetish. He'd probably make his face be the place where people sat. Ooh, but... Well, he probably has this. <gasps> you don't think he's a kleptotherm, do you? What's that? That's um, anything. It's a, it's a mammal that steals its heat from another mammal. Could be, but where's the heat being stolen to? Uh, his well, crotch. Uh, well, in his lap, yes, yes. <sighs> well, Countess Snidely is alarmed because the couch starts moving and talking. <laughs> and then the jig is up. Uh, he, Plastic Man, explains that Mike said I should make myself inconspicuous and Mom is having nothing of it. Mm -mm. It's that vile Plastic Man. I knew he'd ruin my day. Fawnish. Call the police. Hurry. Hurry, Hines, hurry. Shortly and joyably speeding to the mansion is Police Captain Matthew McSniff. For years I've said Plastic Man is nothing but a fancy crook. Well, he was a crook originally, wasn't he? Yes, he was. And today I'll prove it. Maybe even catch him with the Duluth family silver in his hands. Oh, I like that. I like that how you make your... Thank you. So... But sir, uh, but sir, if Plastic Man's really a crook, how come he jailed so many other criminals? It's all a pose, Officer Gosling, to throw us off the track and put away his underworld competitors. Besides, you'll notice he's never jailed himself. Uh, Officer Gosling. Gosh, <laughs> I hope someday I'll have your powers of deduction, Captain. Officer Gosling has alarming eye. Oh uh, yeah, shape. Yeah. Well, look at the look at uh, police chief Captain McSniff's face. Yeah, he's, like he smelled something terrible. That's the joke, son. Uh, Plastic Man is racing away from the Dilute home, right over the swimming pool full of a forty-two piece orchestra. I'm sorry. What? You and I have done plenty of high functions for uh -huh. people who are very very wealthy. I have never encountered ever a fully professional organizational event where you hire a 42-piece orchestra where you put them in a swimming pool outside. That just doesn't happen. No. Mums has the money to hire, if she needs to, to yes. hire a service to bring in a tent. Sure. To do an outdoor setting. I cannot believe she actually is stupid enough and shows the lack of class that she would drain a pool and put an orchestra in a pool. The entire bottom of the pool is on a slant, which means that not one member of that orchestra would be comfortable. Correct. They would all be sitting on a slant. Uh-huh. Right? Yes. And they would all be surrounded by their own sound, and it would just not sound correct. It would all be echoing around them. Uh, I suppose this is okay for a child, but not okay for an adult. No, but remember when we sang that gay wedding, which was the very first gay wedding that anybody, anybody ever, ever knew about ever? in Daytona Beach? Yes. Do you, and you remember how we got the gig? We got the gig because someone uh, turned it down because it was so shocking that it was a gay wedding. Indeed. Anyway, these girls at this gay wedding, mm -hmm. by girls I mean the grooms, released doves at the end of the service. Listener, we're not kidding. These girls were wealthy. Very, very, very wealthy. wealthy. Two attorneys. Yes. Released mm. doves to the strains of love, love is, is in the, the air. air. Do, 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 do. And lots Clearly. of other stuff is in the air because they're doves flying over your head and right. they're shitting everywhere. Right, right. Now, 
And, and gay marriage wasn't legal then. No, this was the 90s. In Florida. 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 Of all oh my God. Well, it just goes to prove if you have enough money, I suppose you could do whatever you want, including putting a 42-piece orchestra in a pool. God bless those kids. An empty pool. For now. Plastic Man goes into the water and power control shed to turn the water back on to fill the swimming pool and distract the orchestra. This note, they keep on playing. Good for them. Mm -hmm. They know where their check's coming from. They're professionals. That's a nice touch. They're playing Handel's water music. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, but but not to spoil everyone's fun any more than I already have done. But one... (laughs) bit of water on those instruments will, 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 oh, except for the brass instruments the brass is fine that piano's ruined the, yeah. and the violins All, any woodwind any wooden instruments ruined yeah so it, it's only going to be the flutes and, and the brass they'll be okay that's it uh, Plastic Man catches up to Mike at the front gates and they make their escape and Officer McSniff is too late Plastic Man got away mm-hmm. and would you believe it there's nothing's been stolen uh McSniff's not having it. He says that he probably robbed him and they just haven't realized it yet. But I'll find it out. I'll find him. Later at Dr. Dome's secret lab. What's that? You've induced Ms. Ms. Dilute? Ms. Mrs. Dilute. Mrs. Dilute, yes. Okay, yes. What's that? You've induced Mrs. Dilute to offer a secret reward for the destruction of Plastic Man? Magnificent. How much? One million dollars. I'll expect my usual 10% commission, of course. Of course. <laughs> the irony is, irony is, I've already planned his destruction for nothing. What about the methods? Any means of eliminating will do, provided it's more than moderately painful. This is Faunish on the phone, we should say. Mom's oh, butler. Well. He's arranged this hit on Plastic Man. My goodness. Right? He's They're not screwed around. Co- no. So, uh, Faunish would be the, uh, oh, who's the little caveman in Metamorpho? <laughs> oh, you know who I'm talking his about. His name's not Nimrod. What's his no. name? No. Oh, I knew here. Oh, about. Uh, not Sapiens. Uh, oh. Not Magnan. It's some kind of caveman name. Uh, Java. 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 <laughs> Java is the name of an island. It's I also th- the name of Java Man, who was an early. They thought it was an early ancestor of humans. Oh, okay. okay. I think it turned out to be Homo oh. erectus or something. Obviously. Cool, 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 cool. Right, 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 right. So they didn't name him erectus. That's probably best. <laughs> hey, I just thought of something. What? So Reeve Ghosh is the left bank, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now it's all making sense. Yes. And you say, um, you say, take a left or turn left. You go Tuhnea Ghosh. Okay. Is, yeah. Yeah. Well, gauche means awkward, and the left bank is the less desirable of right. the right and left bank. Right. Okay. Yeah. Gee, it's all coming together now. Isn't it funny how language describes things? Yes. Isn't it funny that way? Now. Yes. We are about to begin part three, the dirty device, <laughs> the dirty devices of Doctor Dome. Yes. Parts one and two were brought to you by our sponsors, Cameron's Hawaiian Blend Whole Bean Coffee. Part three will be brought to us by our other sponsor, Coke Zero. Still waking up from our naps, I see. Mm-hmm. Now, Goober, what's his name? Gordy. Gor- Garnier. He is... That's a hair, that's a hair product. Uh, ...reading the newspaper, which has a headline, oddly on the back page, Plastic Man Turns Tea Party into Water Carnival. Plaz, this is just what I've warned you against. How can you battle crime and injustice with a Playboy public image like that? 
I suppose you're right, Gordy, but one thing else troubles me. Why do you suppose Mayor Leach is posed that way? He's staring at a statue of Mayor Leach in the park where they're seated. Mayor Leach is doing the, uh, you know, Republican accordion hands thing <laughs> for no explainable reason. Who cares? Probably a gesture he used during his speeches. Now, back to important things. So Gordy's trying to uh, make plans of how to apo- apologize publicly to Mike's mother. Yeah, so I guess that, that Gordy is his sidekick and publicity manager. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I guess, and also pet shop owner. Mm. I, he needs to cut down on one of those He's shops. just what we call a general factotum. A renaissance man. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, while everyone's doing some thinking, Plastic Man has decided that uh, Mayor Leach it was knitting, winding yarn for knitting, and so he's made himself into yarn. Ha ha, isn't that whimsical? <laughs> Wrapped himself around the statue's hands, all of which is being observed by Dr. Dome on his advanced flexophone. I think that maybe Plastic Man has adult attention deficit disorder. Uh, you think? Yeah. Now, watching all of this is Lynx. Dr. Dome's daughter. She's decided to take matters into her own hands and pour herself into a slinky dress and go down and fix Plastic Man for good. I guess she's tired of watching her poor father drive himself batty over his pursuit to destroy Plastic Man. Good for her, I say. Mm -hmm. Professor X is back now at the pet store with his tank thing. Uh, he believes he sees Plastic Man and Gordy inside, but they're mannequins. Uh, Plastic Man is, in fact, outside on the lamppost, ready to plummet down and capture Professor X. Yes. And Plastic Man does indeed entangle himself all around Professor X. Yes. And tries to extract him from his tank of destruction. And Professor X manages to use one of his organ slippers. I was going to say organ slippers, too. If you're not aware, listener, organists in your local parish or church wear special shoes when they play the organ. Yes, they do. Because they can't have too hard of a sole, but they have to have a special heel so you can pump the pedals. But they're not to be worn outside of organ pedaling. No, they. I mean, they're very similar to... To really to, to to character shoes, sort of flexible character mm-hmm. shoes. They're they're made of leather usually, and they have a soft but semi semi firm uh, surface. Yes, and and they usually have a heel, and, but they're called organ shoes. So yes. many peculiarities around this business we call show. Show. Yes, indeed. So he uses his organ shoe to click a button and. Uh, very cleverly, yes, I should it say. fires uh, some kind of melting ray at the lamppost, which Plastic Man is wound around, and so Plastic Man plummets to the ground. Yes, he loses his ability to hold on to Professor X and retreats in pain. And then Professor X uses an acid gun. Boy, that, that, that one ray is just full of so many yes. uh, things. This is the secret weapon. Mm-hmm. An acid that can eat through any plastic. What? Plastic man is made of plastic. Right. So if he gets him with this, he's going to cut him up and kill him. Yeah. Yeah. So, listener, we are looking at the potential death of Plastic Man. Real In death. In his first issue. First issue. So Plastic Man changes his lower half of his body into a coil spring and bounces away. Classic Plastic Man. Classic Plastic Man. He manages to get around the corner, away from the acid. 
he ducks into a doorway and hears a voice that says, why don't you step in here for a spot of lemonade? Oh my. It's Lynx. She is all dolled up with a slit in her dress up to here, a veil over her face. Maybe Plastic Man's seen her before, mm. so he would recognize her. And she hands him a tall drink of lemonade. Mm. It's roofied. Spoiler alert. Yeah. He goes dizzy and starts to pass out. The world goes crazy. He sees stars. He falls right on his face, right in the middle of her living room. Ass up in the air. She... I mean, if you could... That's a great yoga pose. It really is. Yeah. I bet he's really good at yoga, honestly. Well, honestly. He doesn't even need to do yoga. Uh, She binds his legs and starts spooling him up on a giant cable spool. Yes, a cable spool. Yes. Which she then encloses in metal. Yes. And sends her flunkies down... Well, they pick up the spool and put it in the back of a truck. Just then Mike and Gordy come by and ask if they've seen Plastic Man anywhere. And they've had a chance to actually... They don't know that Plastic Man is coiled up inside this cable spool. 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 Shortly, in the city harbor, they dump that spool right in the bottom of the drink. Listener, for the second time in this issue, he is perilously close to his own death. Yes. Now... Just as he is dunked into the ocean, he wakes up, realizes that he's trapped. Uh, He manages somehow to pry open the end of the spool and start unspooling himself. This is why I think he was able to actually change his mass and increase the size of his mass by separating the molecules within himself and pry that away. Or maybe he was able to use his head to, to push the lid off, but he did unpry what was essentially uh I, I don't know how they affixed this metal but but it was a you know metal encased tomb mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh just then he gets snagged on some fishing wire so it looks like he's going to drown mm-hmm. even though he could literally just stretch his neck up to the surface as far as he needed to or his nose even yep uh, but luckily, the fisherman up top manages to haul the whole spool, plastic man and all. He thinks of... he's caught the largest snail in history. <laughs> it does look like a snail, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, plastic man is back into the city to confront Professor X. And Professor X is ready with his anti-plastic man weapon. This Professor X is He's got a lot of weapons that could potentially kill Plastic Man. Yeah. It's just that Plastic Man's quite clever. Now, this latest weapon shoots rings of, I'm guessing, well, it is some kind of plastic because mm-hmm. they loop around Plastic Man and, in fact, they stretch with Plastic Man. So it's like a Chinese finger puzzle. Very, very good. I was wondering what that was, what, what that reminded me of when I was yeah. reading this earlier. Yeah. Uh, there's only one chance for Plastic Man. He reduces his height and expands his width. So that goes along with your theory that he can increase his mass, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, begins swaying back and forth so that he falls on his side and then starts rolling toward Professor X's tank. Crashing into it, the tank blows up. Professor X is bounced out onto the street and captured by Officer McSniff. Yeah. Yeah. McSniff's not fooled. 
You captured another <clears throat> dangerous super crook plastic phony, but you're not fooling me. I'll get you yet. Yeah, he says, it's a great deal, Captain, but get in line. There are a few people before you with the same idea. Even Plastic Man doesn't realize how many there are. Right. There's Dr. Dome. There's Dr. Dome. There's uh, McSniffles. What's his name? Oh, not McSniffles. Uh, Faunish, the Faunish, butler. yeah. Mom. And? And Lynx. Lynx. Each of them is just a kook, you say? So we're Dillinger, Blackbeard, and Captain Hook, dear reader. Don't lose heart. There's loads of mayhem ahead. This is the end of historic Plastic Man number one. Indeed. Indeed. Well, that was a journey. I'm glad we came across this zany little adventure, and I'm glad we didn't try to get two comics in. And I learned so much other things as well. So much other things. Like about the word gauche. Yes. And, and uh, kleptotherms. And we had a discussion about mass. Yes. Yes. Gauche is the kind of word I would have read in a Peanuts comic as a child and pretended that I knew what it meant. Lucy would have said something to Charlie Brown about being gauche. Yes, gauche. And they always like to use the word hypocrite in Peanuts, which I didn't know what it was. And also I pronounced it hypocrite. I remember the first time I saw the word recipe in print and said it out loud and my mother corrected me because I called it rekipe. Oh. There was a uh, 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 fast food restaurant in Florida called Chicken Recipe. Yes. Uh, and I called it Chicken Rekipe. And I said, Mom, what does that mean, Chicken Rekipe? And she said, it's a recipe. I said, recipe, hmm. huh? She said, yeah. That's a recipe is, is a, a way to cook food. I said, it's a chicken recipe. It's a chicken restaurant. So, Well, you're lucky yeah. you didn't grow up in my house because my mother called recipes receipts. Oh, did she really? Yes. Well, I have to tell you, I had a rough week. Um, I didn't want to see this earlier, but my, my dear, dear, dear aunt passed away, and I loved her so much. Um, and she was so much fun. She was the, the, your wacky, fun, any sort of aunt that anyone could ever imagine. She wasn't an Auntie Mame, but she no. was just a delightful, delightful, delightful human being, and she passed away this week. So that was rough. That was... Um, sure. So, uh, uh, but I'm glad to have this weekend uh, to spend with you and to have some fun and to um, look through some pictures and remember family and, and such. And then also to have this great, great, fun little comic... Uh, to to uh, to divert ourselves, and we have another day off, don't we? Yes, let's nap and get ready for our day off tomorrow. And listeners, you might have noticed that we haven't been complaining about lawn mowing lately. No, because... that's because the earth is burning up, and it's dry as a bone, and the grass is literally crispy to walk on. It is truly crispy. When was the last time we cut the grass? Three weeks ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We whenever we got the lawnmower back from the service. And then I went out and cut the grass, and I haven't needed to cut it since. No, no, not at all. So, you know, it's it's a, it's a, a heck of a time right now. It's a, it truly is. Yeah, yeah. I hope we can finish all of these go-go check issues before the Earth burns to a cinder. Oh, uh, well, what's going to happen first? The robot revolution? Or, oh, good, right? Good call. Uh, yeah, we need to start investing in PVC pipes so we can join pneumatic mail tubes. Yes, mm -hmm. and maybe we should just build our own robot. Oh. <gasps> If only. And give it a human personality. Oh, we're going to give him Hazel's voice. Hazel's yes. voice. Yes. Dr. B. <laughs> Dr. Husband, your coffee's ready. All right. You can find us on social media. All the social media is at GoGoCheckPod. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can find us right back here next week on Earth 12 with Jerry Lewis. And also will be a Baltimore Comic Con Saturday, September 9th. Look for us there. We'll be wearing GoGoCheck's. You got it. 
Bye. Bye.